the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. I think on a lot of our past episodes of Steelers Standard, whether we've meant to or not, we've kind of put a lot of pressure and stock in the rookies playing well coming in from this class. And it's not all on the rookie shoulders for the Steelers to have a successful 2021 season. No, no. There are other players of varying degrees of veteran nature that have their fair share to say about how 2021 plays out. And with that in mind, I thought we could do a little game here today. Is that okay with you guys? Mm-hmm. I like, but we haven't played a game. We haven't played a game in a while. We, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm I guess I've just been in a bad mood lately. But we're going to bring the games back for no reason. For no reason. It's been a good offense. Just a bad mood. Going to give you a name of a guy as we work through the offense and the defense. We're going to say step forward, step backward, or stand pat. And let's start on the offensive side of the ball. And let's start with a wide receiver, not Chase Claypool, not Juju Smith-Schuster, because I think we're all pretty much in agreement with how those careers are going. Chase Claypool, maybe you could debate, but we're not going to on this episode. The man I want to talk about is a guy that I think has gotten overshadowed even a little bit by us here on this very podcast, and that's Deontay Johnson, Mm. the number three wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But three is just a number, really, when it comes to the Steelers receiving core. He's going to play a lot, and he's going to contribute significantly to the offense. Really, 1C is probably the better term for him. But Deontay Johnson, step forward, step backward, or stand pat. I'll go first. Spoiler alert. I think he's going to take a step forward this year. I think he got a little bit plagued with the drops last year, catch a little case of the dropsies. You know, who knows when that comes. Have you ever seen Tin Cup? Cheech describes to Kevin Costner when he gets the case of the shanks. He's like, no one knows what the shanks are. They just show up out of nowhere, and they have no cure for them. I feel like that's the same thing with drops. He's going to put in a lot of work this offseason. He's an NFL caliber wide receiver. He had good hands coming out of college. I think that that's more likely to just be a fluke. I think I can see Deontay Johnson taking a nice step forward this year in 2021. Yeah, I mean, if we're looking solely at the, this year um, for, for Deontay, I think he will take a step forward. Although I think last year, I think a lot of us thought that, and I think he took a step back last year. Or So stand, a step forward this year might just get him back to even. Yeah, I mean, in my mind, Getting I think. Getting back to even par. And I mean, and when you look at his numbers, 88 catches, 923 yards, and seven touchdowns, that's not a bad year by any stretch. But I think a lot of people, and probably him himself, were expecting more. I definitely thought Deontay Johnson would have over 1,000 yards last year. Maybe, you know, seven is close to 10, but maybe have about 10 touchdowns. Um, but again, as you mentioned, the, the drops were, um, you know, such a big surprise, and they came in, in, in such a, a big pattern, especially kind of down the stretch of the year. You know, the Steelers benched him at one point, yeah. you know what I mean? So um, I, mean, I think he did take a step back last year, but this year I think is – um, you know, kind of a a change of the guard for Deontay. And quickly, you know, Matt Williamson on um, he ranked his top 25 wide receivers this year on Pro Football Network. And the only guy that he has in the top 25 is Deontay Johnson from the Pittsburgh wow, Steelers. How about that? The only Steeler. He has the only the Steeler 25. he has in the top 25 Higher is Higher than Deontay. Claypool and Juju. Yep. So, I mean, that gives you some credence. Uh, you know, I know that it, rankings don't necessarily mean anything, but not, Matt knows what he is talking about and – I mean, he's still very high on him. He did cite the drops and he did cite, you know, a couple of things that, you know, I kind of pointed out last year that make you, you know, kind of scratch your head a little bit. But when you look at Deontay, I mean, he's got that explosive ability. And um, I, I think that's one one thing that Matt has, ta- has talked about a lot. And he compares him a little bit to Antonio Brown, which we've, you know, we've done. You can see the similarities in the style of play and the size and things of that nature. So, 
Yeah, I mean, I definitely think Deontay needs to take a step forward this year because last year wasn't what we wanted. Yeah, and you compare that to more surrounding circumstances. Not only did he take a step back, but he was a two-time first-team All-Pro the year before that in two different categories. And I, I just don't – or, sorry, it was just the one. It, yeah, I'm thinking TJ, TJ Watt was the two-time first-team All-Pro that year but still he was he was a first team all pro in some degree and he was up to a wide receiver one caliber in 2018 it's or in 2019 it just I think now when you look at the season he had last year there were the story of the locker room was or the story of the receiver room was uh Chase Claypool and Juju Smith-Schuster being off the field distractions it wasn't so much so Deontay's drops because as a larger whole those two guys really took the spotlight more so than he did. But a positive note of that was seeing how much he worked to fix that problem. And, yeah, maybe it was just the yips that he had, that that one couple, three-game stretch. But we saw him constantly, constantly work. We didn't see him on social media. We didn't see him in viral videos of trying to kick a guy in the head, breaking up a fight. We didn't see any of that. This was a guy who was committed. I don't think he's going to step backward at all this year. But in terms of will he be able to step forward, to me, there's only one ball. And when you have four Mm. receivers, when you now have two tight ends, and you now have a running back who's going to be, we hope so, used in the passing game a lot, it's hard for me to think that he's going to be able to really progress his game significantly this year, especially when you consider Ben Roethlisberger. It's Ben's last year, and Ben has always been the guy to say, I want a tall big receiver to throw to. I want someone who can just go up and get the ball. Now, we knew that that kind of changed when he had to work with Antonio Brown, who was only 5'10", 5'11", and it was a completely different style of play, and Deontay fits that mold a lot better than Juju and Chase Claypool do, but to me, with the one ball thing, I, I, I have a hard time thinking that he's going to be able to really increase his numbers but it's not his fault right they're not going to be bad numbers because of his quality of play I think his quality of play will improve but statistic wise numbers wise at the end of the year the totals won't look like the flashiest thing you'll ever see out of a out of a receiver we all know that there's heavy expectations on the starting running back Najee Harris but what about the backup Benny Snell entering his third season in the NFL I think Benny Snell will most likely stand pat this year, but in a way I think that kind of moves him forward a little bit because he's just going to kind of fall into that niche role as a backup running back in this league. He most likely will get even less of a workload than he got last year. 111 carries last year to the tune of 368 yards. Of course, that's only a 3.3 yards per carry. So as Mike Tomlin said before they drafted Najee, the running back room could only get better next year. It's kind of the same way with Benny Snell, or he better hope he gets better than 3.3 a carry because if not, even as a lesser, taking even taking on a lesser role, if he doesn't, it's going to be hard after the following year in 2022 to earn that next contract with the Pittsburgh Steelers, especially with such a promising guy in front of him. But yeah, I think Benny Snell probably stands pat. I think you see him kind of average around that 3.5, 3.6 yards per carry. 
this year, but it won't be as big of a detriment because I don't think it'll be as much as 111 yards for him, or excuse me, 111 carries for, on the season for Benny Snell. So okay, I'll give him standing pat, not moving backwards anything, but really not making any progress forward, but maybe just based on the role changing a little bit, he's a little bit more effective that way anyway. Maybe it's a lot of those 3.5 yards per carry, maybe it's a lot of short yardage stuff. And I think that's where he is the most effective is Benny Snell and kind of those short yardage situations where he can only, you know, where it's only second and, or, or excuse me, third and two or third and three. And he, you know, averages, like you said, that 3.3, 3.4, whatever it is. I think that's where he's best suited. Although I do think that he can, I don't want to say that he's going to be a nice compliment to, to Najee Harris, but as a change of pace guy, kind of similar to what James Conner was when he was healthy, when Le'Veon Bell was here, not saying that they're the same player, not saying mm-hmm. that, you know, that, that Benny Snell all of a sudden is better than James Conner because last year proved that he wasn't. But at the same time, I do believe that in sparing roles in, in you know, when he's fresh, when Najee isn't fresh, he's coming on maybe facing a, a, a tired defense. I do think that he can, you know, maybe not, you know, light the world on fire, right. but I do think that he can kind of assimilate himself well. Um, I guess I'm talking myself. I mean, I guess he is probably you're talking yourself. You're talking into yourself into a step forward here. I guess, but it's only yeah. because of the role that he's in. I, I I wouldn't say it's a step forward because he's really not going to get a increase in workload. He's not going to get an increase in carries. No, it's all going to be taken off his plate. It's going to be taken as long off as his injury plate. Doesn't. But I think that, as you said, Tom, it does help him a little bit more because I don't know. He's not an every down back in this league. But if you hand the ball off to him five, six, seven times throughout the course of the game. You can definitely live with that. You can mm-hmm. definitely do worse than Benny Snell being your, you know, that that guy for you. A lot of guys got to look inward and recognize what they are in this league. Right. And if you can, you can find yourself a very mm-hmm. nice eight, nine year career playing as a backup, not just for the Steelers after his rookie deals up, but elsewhere as well. So I, I agree with that, Benny Snell. If he can recognize the role that he has now and really I think focus he, himself to that role, he will. He can though. be effective. I think, I think he so. will, but. My issue with Benny Snell it's is... It's not like he was a first-round pick, you no, know what I mean? No, of course not. I, mean, I don't even know. What, what round is he? Fourth, Fourth round, fifth, I Something like that. So, yeah, he's definitely not to the pedigree that Najee Harris had coming out of college. It's a huge difference between the two of them. However, the Steelers didn't draft Najee Harris just to put Benny Snell in on a third-to-go situation or third and goal. If I'm, if I'm the Steelers, I would want Najee Harris as that guy to get you those two, three yards. I think the more the better usage of Benny Snell comes on like if it's if the first down play went for seven yards or eight yards, whether it was via pass or run, and you have second down available to you and it's second and two or second and three or less, then you can throw in Benny Snell in there because it's not crucial to get the first down on that play. I think in crucial moments, you're going to want to see Najee Harris out there at all times. And I think, again, that's something that Benny Snell is going to have to get used to is that he's not going to be used for critical plays. If he can accept that and come to terms with that and say, I'll be comfortable with however this team wants to use me, and whether that's getting two or three or maybe even five yards in a first down carry every once in a while, I think he should be okay. Now, the people up front blocking for him, we've talked a lot about the offensive line and the changeover that's going on there, but the guy starting at left guard is maybe a guy that should have been starting at the guard position all year last year, and that's Kevin Dotson. I think he's going to take a step forward, and I really don't think that there's, there's much any discussion room to for it. me to yeah. like even Second give him guess. a stand pat yeah. or even because I think he's just going to get better with more playing time. He appeared in 13 games for the Steelers last year. He only started four of those games, 
expect him to start health permitting all 16 or excuse me, all 17 games for the Pittsburgh Steelers this season. And again, I think it's a guy that they kind of messed up last year by not playing him more, by not starting him more. I know that, you know, it's tough when you have veterans in front to ruffle feathers, but truly anytime you tried to line up their best five on that front last season, I don't think you ever filled that out without putting Kevin Dotson at one of the guard spots. Sometimes, based on how he was playing last year, to the detriment of one David DeCastro. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, you're hoping DeCastro bounces back this year, but I believe Kevin Dotson will take a step forward, being that starting left guard for the Steelers all 17 games this year. And look, everybody kind of noticed instantly what a steal this guy was when they picked him in the fourth round in the 2020 draft. And for him to already be a starting left guard for this team and have such a high ceiling in a lot of people's eyes, that's very promising and encouraging for how the Steelers draft and seeing as they took a couple more linemen in this year's draft that we've talked about in the third and fourth round. You know, it's encouraging to see the quick turnaround. Potentially, we we think Kendrick Green's going to start, but maybe Dan Moore's a little bit closer than we think, even maybe just a year away. Dotson kind of proves that, so... Mm. To sum it all up, yeah, I expect him to take a big step forward. I expect him to keep marching towards all-pro caliber in his career. Yeah, I mean, I do too. And I'll be honest here, does the idea of a sophomore slump creep into creep your head, into your head and you worry about it? It's possible. A little bit, sure. Again, this uh, guy started all four years in college. Right. Though, so I mean, there, he has some sort of pedigree. I'm not saying that it's you know the best pedigree it's in the world. It's not Louisiana State. Right. But at the but same time. So it's you not know, like it's exactly Wisconsin no, Whitewater like right. Quinn Miner. It's a prospect this year came out. So of. the the idea of the sophomore slump doesn't exactly worry me as much. It's always there. You always see that even with good players. They always, you know, it happens all the time and there's no rhyme or reason to it. But I do think that he will take a, a step forward, Will Dodson. And I mean, as we talked about, you, you think back to the wild card game when we did our show before the wild card game all three of us pounded the table for him to play because he was their best lineman last year. And it really wasn't that close. I think he was their best lineman. I think that says more about what the line was last year than how good Dotson was. But at the same time, it is a testament to him. You know, his first time getting full, full NFL experience, he was the best lineman on the field. So it would take a lot for that to go away. I guess is my point. It would take a lot for a sophomore slump to come in and all of a sudden say, "Ah, I'm not as high on Kevin Dotson anymore. Tom, you said you wouldn't be able to be convinced to say that he could be standing pat this year. But even if he did, it'd be fine. It'd be fine. And the only reason, the only thing that would be standing pat that would be bad is if he, the the number of reps and the number of games he start stay the same as last year. That would be a concern because we believe that had a lot to do with the guy who was at the offensive coordinator position last year, who is no longer with the team. And if that's the case, if somehow. Dotson still doesn't get the snaps, which we don't think is going to happen. We, we we fully believe him to be a starter and, and going to be a starter for the whole season, bearing any or barring any season-ending injury. Then we should see him out there. And even if we get the same quality of play that we got out of him last year, but in the capacity of a full 16 or I guess now 17 game season, that would be just fine. But I still believe that he has room to grow and he and he can improve from what he did last year. Another not new face on the offensive line as he started 15 games last year for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but Chukwumakor for definitely has a bigger role this year as he is for sure the guy now for what you could say is the second straight year at a tackle spot for the Steelers. 
there are guys that will be nipping at his heels. Joe Haig, a guy that they went out and signed in the offseason, as well as Dan Moore Jr., who they drafted in the fourth round from Texas A&M. Uh, Chooks is a tough one. He's been on the team for three years, really hasn't impressed that much. It almost feels like he kind of fell into a starting spot by default last year. It's not like you really saw 76 on the field and were blown away by him and just thought they need him to play there. I think they just had a hole that needed filled and he plugged it in. And I kind of feel like that's the same thing that's going to happen in the 2021 season. I could see Chooks taking a step backwards a little bit this year. Uh, but I'm going to say Stan Pat. I think he's just going to be his normal self, which probably is the number five, number six, very fringe starter on any offensive line. He's going to find himself in the NFL. Wouldn't it be surprised to see a second stage of his career? He's more of a swing guy coming in in jumbo packages somewhere, if it's not in Pittsburgh, uh, being that sixth or seventh guy that fills in when injury dictates he needs to. But I'll say Chuk stands pat. I just don't see him making a big leap forward and, and grabbing a starting offensive tackle job for the next five years for Pittsburgh. No, I don't either. This and is his fourth year, so yeah, rookie right. deal times. Steelers got to think if they're going to pick up the option and if they're going to sign him longer. And to, for me, I mean, I think he probably stays pat. Or, I mean, maybe I'm thinking maybe he takes a step back just because, you know, we. I've made this point before. Do we really know – what Chooks is. And as you said, this is what year four. Do you really know what he is? And I don't think that you do. I mean, Which is even not good. No, I mean, considering it's that deep into his career. I mean, I don't know if you could say not good, but I mean, just the fact that you're not sure what he is yet, does that give you a lot of confidence to re sign him? I mean, if he blows you away this year, okay, uh, th then that's completely different. But I don't think any of us think that he's going to blow anybody away this year. If he's serviceable, that's good. Don't get me wrong. I think he was serviceable last year. As you said, Tom, he's probably going to find his way on an NFL roster, you know, for the next handful of years unless he, you know, completely, you know, um, bleeps the bed. But other than that, uh, I mean, I, I do think that, you know, that he has some value. But at the same time, you know, it just worries me because of the fact that we're in year four and you still really don't know what he is. Mm -hmm. I The only reason I said it's not good is because – it gives you he's giving you no indication if he's a perennial backup or a quality starter. And the fact that it's taken this long to even make that determination is a little bit concerning because you don't want to keep a guy in your roster if he's going to if he's going to be a backup. I mean, you'd rather go out there and get a piece that could be a starter for you. You don't want to keep paying this guy who is forced to be your starter because you're kind of left with no, no nothing else. But you want at least some prospect there. And unfortunately, with the draft coming up, or the draft that just came up, you know, the, the tackle position wasn't really the priority, clearly based off of the strategy that the Steelers went with. So that's the only reason I said it, it's, it's not good is because he's giving you no indication of the player he's going to be. And it's this many years into his career, and you would like to see at least some direction say, okay, there's promise there. Let's, let's kind of we'll, we'll maybe re-sign him to a, a, a lesser deal and if he gets to improve better, we'll give him money down the line. But if he's not going to improve, we'd probably rather cut ties and move on and get someone else new in there. And just to complete the hat trick on the offensive line, Zach Banner was a starter last year, won that starting job in 2021. Of course, suffered a terrible injury against the New York Giants in week one and had to sit the remainder of the season. I think Zach Banner is going to take a step forward this year, health permitting. This is a guy that the Steelers are super, super high on. I mean, Obviously, it didn't pan out for him in Cleveland. 
He was out of the league for uh, a year following his rookie season in 2017. Steelers pick him up, and he instantly found his ground there, playing in 14 games for the Steelers in 2019 and kind of became a cult hero for Steelers Nation, earning that starting job in 2020 and, of course, an injury uh, really derailing that. But, yeah, I just think that the team loves him so much. He put on a ton more weight since that first trial with Cleveland where he did not pan out in the league, playing in eight games uh, and then not returning to the league for another year after that. But 27 years old, still got a ceiling. Not to say Chooks doesn't, but I just feel like Banner's got a little bit more to work with there. Six foot eight, 360 pounds. I, I think the Steelers may have been able to find a little diamond in the rough here. And it's kind of interesting because – you know, Big Al Villanueva wasn't on many people's radars before he popped up with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and then you hear the story about how he was a wide receiver in college, and he converted, put on all this weight, became a, an offensive lineman, and worked his way to being a Pro Bowl player. And you just wonder if the Steelers might have done it again and found a guy that no one else really had a use for, and he just is a perfect fit in Pittsburgh, and it's going to work out with him at the tackle spot for the next couple of seasons. And if it does, that's great for the Steelers and their rebuilds on the off as they try to rebuild on the fly around Ben Roethlisberger's uh, final season in the league. But yeah, I got Banner taking a step forward this year and playing all 17 games, staying healthy, hopefully, and being a big time contributor. You're going to notice him on the field number 72 a lot this year. Well, I hope so. I mean, that's kind of the Steelers' idea for him. Can obviously. he be worse than Big Al? I don't know. I don't think. Oh so. no, I don't think he's worse than Big Al. Is he an upgrade over Big Al? Yes, I I think so. Um, but for me, Tom, I, I'm going to have him more as Stan Pat. I mean, I know that's hard considering that he didn't play last year, but he did win the starting job. And I think that's something that, you know, he did win the starting job and he probably would have played all 16 games had he stayed healthy. Um, I don't think he's going to be a train wreck by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> no, no. Um, I don't think he's going to be worse than Al, but I, I don't think, you know, I think when I talk about Chooks and Banner, I think they're kind of, I don't want to say the same player, but they kind of are in that same mold of, do you know what you have? And again, I know that Banner won the starting job and you can say that he's a returning starter, but you still really don't know because he had that full season taken from him. It's unfortunate because, you know, I think we would have a, a much better, um, you know, idea of what he is right now. If he would have played hell, even six or seven games, let alone what a quarter of a game, not even a quarter of a game, um, you know, last year. So for me, I think he just stands pat. You know, I think it for me, it's kind of a prove it year for Zach Banner. And I think that's kind of what the Steelers are looking at, too, because of the fact that, hey, you didn't play last year. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of I mean, I know it's not the it's exact not same. Fault either, it's not yeah. your fault. It's not the exact same situation as Jukes because Jukes has been here, um, you know, and he played last year. But I, I lean more towards they're kind of in the same situation for me. It's you got to prove what you are. And I don't again, I don't know exactly what either of them are yet. I would say there's just more promise to Banner. Banner was the, Banner was the one who went out and got the starting job. Yeah. Week one last year. It wasn't had that not happened, had that injury not been suffered, we may not have seen much of Chooks at all last year. I mean, granted there were other detriments to that offensive line and Chooks would have gotten in there eventually somehow, but I do think that the trajectory that Banner was on or supposed to be on last year, I do think there's room for hope. I'm not saying he's going to be a first-team All-Pro, maybe even a Pro Bowler, but I, I do think there's a promise, and I do think there's there's a potential and a ceiling there for Banner that is higher than Chooks. So you can't really say Stan Pat because 
he did nothing last year. You don't really know what you would have got. You, you have nothing to say that he did good or bad last year, so you can't really say he's going to stand pat. But I do think there's there's a more likely chance that he, he moves forward than moves back because now he's going to get that starting position that he deserved and that he earned last year, and he's hopefully not going to suffer another season-ending injury. And I think the more playing time he gets, the more legitimate of a starter he'll become. And finally, to wrap things up for the offense and for this episode, the big guy, number seven, Big Ben Roethlisberger. Step forward, step back, or stand pat. I kind of well, think he's going to stay. Which, which, which Ben are you asking about? Are you asking, asking 11 about, and 0 Ben or 1 and 5 Ben? I'm just talking, no, I'm talking about, forget about the past. I'm talking about 2021 Ben and how you feel it's going to play out. And I feel like he's going to take a step backwards. And that's just the natural way of things. Not everybody is Tom Brady. I don't think that he's going to find the fountain of youth all of a sudden in this season. I think that his play will take a step back as he just naturally ages. That doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to play worse, though, in the 2021 season. He has a lot more weaponry around him when you look at the tight end that they brought in to back up Eric Ebron. When you look at how they signed Juju Smith-Schuster to come back, that's a receiver that you thought was as good as gone once the season ended. And bringing in a legit number one running back in Najee Harris, something that he hasn't had for several seasons since Le'Veon Bell was here. For the Pittsburgh and deciding to play for the Pittsburgh Steelers, so I think he could take he takes a step back just because it's the natural way of things. Uh, Father Time is undefeated, and I don't think that's necessarily a detriment to the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's just a matter of how far back is that step, and I don't think it's going to be complete pulling the carpet out from underneath him. I think it'll be a graceful and gradual departure, and. Hopefully he just adjusts his style of play to suit what he can do, what his strengths still are, and recognize what his weaknesses that might not have been weaknesses have suddenly cropped up as such. And again, taking a step back, but I don't know if it's necessarily a death sentence from what I've been thinking right now. No, I don't think it's a death sentence. And, and, you know, if you put a gun to my head, I I would say that he probably takes a step back too. Um, But that doesn't, again, like you said, that doesn't mean that he plays worse than he did last year. Um, And I think the Steelers are, I don't want to say they're thinking that Ben's going to play worse or that he's going to take a step back, but that's why they're changing the offense, right? That's why they brought in Najee Harris. That's, you know, why they're probably going to rely on this Matt Canada style of offense that, you know, has a lot of moving parts and motions and sweeps and things like that. So it takes the load off of Ben. So you're not sitting there in week 14 or 15, whatever it is. And, you know, and Ben slowed down last year in that stretch. There's no question about that. This hopefully, and in the Steelers' mind, hopefully allows him um, to stay, you know, closer to 100% the whole year. Not to say that Ben wasn't 100% down the stretch, but he absolutely tailed off. Um, I think I think this is the idea behind that is that they're preparing for Ben to take a step back. Like you said, Tom, just because of the fact that Father Time's undefeated, it's going to catch up to you at some point. We've talked about that at nauseum in the offseason, you know, it came to to um, to cuts, um, you know, with with cap casualties and things like that. You have to figure out when that's going to happen. And that's a tough thing to find out. But I think the Steelers are putting themselves in a good position. Even if Ben does take a step back and his play takes a step back, you still have Najee Harris. You still have capable wide receivers that can kind of, you know, mask that a little bit. I'm actually going to go in the opposite direction of both of you. I think in this, I'm going to recall my my argument that I made for Deontay Johnson 
and use it in the reverse. I said that Deontay Johnson won't necessarily take a, a step forward in terms of numbers, but he'll still be, I think, the effective player that he was in 2019 uh, before he, he kind of had a down season this past year. With all of these weapons, with, with the Matt Canada offense, as Kellen mentioned, I think it was clear that this offseason's goal was to make things as easy as possible for Ben. And so I, I understand that he is getting older, and toward the end of the season, he looked a little Drew Brees-esque in terms of his ability to throw the ball down the field, whether it was yardage or accurately. He wasn't as as you know accurate, or he wasn't able to get the ball down the field as deep as he used to do it. But I, I think that there are enough weapons around him that maybe his numbers won't reflect how effective he is, but I do think he's going to be a, a good quarterback for at least relative to his age. I don't think that father time is going to be that detrimental to his season this year. I do think that it's not going to be the flashiest numbers you'll ever see at a quarterback. It may be something similar to what you saw in 2008 in the, in the second Super Bowl year when he threw 17 touchdowns and 15 interceptions. It's not nearly as good as you want it to be, but it's still a quarterback who was able to lead his team and all the way you know, to a, a AFC North division title, a number two seed overall. I'm not saying that's all going to happen this year, but I do think that you don't have to have Ben throw 30 touchdowns and five interceptions, six interceptions in order for them to do well. I think he's got enough around him that he, he's going to stand pat. I don't think he's going to be this huge, huge statistical monster, but I think he's going to going to do enough to help the team out that step forward stand pat or step back as far as the offense is concerned but there's a whole other side of the football that we have to get into we will do so on our next episode so if you want to hear what we think about some key names on the defense make sure you tune into that that does it for this episode of Steelers standard though thanks as always for listening for jacob recht and kellen gursky i'm tom opperman we'll talk to you next time